0: Well, Brent is gay, and Kaelin's gay, and Clark is gay, and Ryan's gay, and Adam's gay. It's homo superior. Homo superior. Wow, what a great intro song. This is homo superior, you 194. I I'm am Clark. Adam. <laughs> hi, Clark and Adam. I'm Ryan. <laughs> Wait, Adam, who are you? I. Hi, Adam, Clark, and Ryan. I am Adam. <laughs> Uh, Brent and Kalen are off this week, and it is going to be a shit show. We're really excited that you are joining us. Pride Month's over, so welcome to Wrath Month. All is not what it seems on a new Loki. We hit up the trailer park for Shang-Chi's full trailer, x is Flirty 30, and X-Factor wraps up with a shocking death. Uh, before we start, though, let's do a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, we launched a YouTube channel with the Hellfire Gala wrapping up this week. Homo Superior Kickstarted our new way for you to love us even more by hosting a one night special X Podcast crossover, Hellfire Gala e- Eleganza Extravaganza with extra special guests from the House of X podcast, X Reads podcast, and another new YouTube channel, X Men Expertise. X, Uh, we discussed all the latest and greatest highlights of the gala, played some games with our guests, and even did some trivia. Do we want to marry fuck, kill, name or professor X or Magneto? You'll have to watch to find out. But let's jump right in with our Loki episode four, the Nexus event recap. So Loki and Sylvie continue to oddly fall follow narcissistic something with each other while presuming their imminent death. Due to their connection, they are targeted and saved by an upset Mobius in the TVA. While locked up, Loki attempts to and wins Mobius's trust, while Hunter B-15 tries to understand what she saw under enchantment from Sylvie at Rocksmart. In very, very, very quick fashion, we end up with four major shockwaves by the end of the episode. Ravona pruned Mobius. The timekeepers are mindless robots. Ravona also pruned Loki. And a post credit scene, Loki survived and meets an alligator Loki. Crazy. Uh, what'd you guys think? This was finally the episode
1: where I don't hate this show. Not hate the show. I was meh about it and annoyed that people liked it. So I didn't like it. <laughs> but now I am kind of okay with it. I support
2: it now. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I'm excited for these last two episodes because I think we're on the right path. I think what we wanted this entire fucking time was just a shit ton of Lokis to be in a Loki team. And I mean, you have alligator Loki and like everyone's going to be a big fan of that. And I think what I was lacking from some of the previous episodes was I was not feeling Sylvie very much both the actress and the characterization within the show. Um, I do like her a little bit more, but I'm still looking for that little bit of extra layer there. Uh, But it's going in the right direction. I think as soon as it gets going, unfortunately it will have ended. So that's the only thing that makes me a little bit sad about those series.
1: I I don't get like a spark from her. Like like a dramatic spark. She's just... She seems fine. I agree. I I just, there's no Zaz factor. I want to like her, but
2: it's just not there.
0: Yeah. What do you uh, think, Adam? I was hesitant to kind of jump on the Sylvie, anti Sylvie train, just having not only had one episode and obviously being kind of like a little bit of a more development one. But I would agree that by the end of this last one, I was a little bit like, I feel bad because I think the actress probably has more to give. I don't know if the character's really built for that. But in general, I'm like, I think you're exactly like, I'm missing the star power that's normally associated with MCU-type characters, especially main ones. And I feel like, and like, you know, even in Captain Falcon and the Winter Soldier, like everyone was kind of like really pushing on all cylinders in many regards, at least the main folks. And same thing with WandaVision, uh, especially having someone like Evan Peters obviously arrive as as somebody. And I'm just not, I don't think they're giving her as much time to shine, but I think that's true too of... um, Gosh, I'm trying to think of the name of... Uh, we love her from Lovecraft Country. Because I feel we, like... We, oh. Yeah, 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 we, yeah. We, no, we're you're we're right. You're from... right. Exactly. Yeah, no, she's... I think she's an excellent actress. And I'm, I find her kind of like playing a very like... This is your character, so just do that the exact way we're asking you to. And so I'm not seeing as much from her either. Um, but I, I continue to like it, though. I like their relationship.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I thought you were going to talk about Ravona. Oh. Queen. I'm assuming we're gonna get more into her because you know she may be the big villain, but maybe not. Who knows? Yeah. But she just seems like she's there and like um just you know going through the motions. Um, I don't know why I used the word Zazz factor earlier. I don't think that's a real thing. It really has that zaz fact, factor. Do you Gino, know who? Yes, yes, Adam.
0: Well, I was gonna say, are you describing that she is giving off a lot of energy of being a murderer that carves uh, kills into themselves, like the yeah. DC villain?
1: <laughs> um. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah, of course, <laughs> lots of lots of tally marks all over the place. No, but do you know who has the zazz factor? We already mentioned him, Alligator Loki. Oh, bitch. Screen, zazz all over the place!
2: All I'm so excited key. for that, and also Kid Loki. Kid Loki has such a. Yeah prevalent role in the comics that i'm excited to see him fleshed out pretty. and even in that one quick moment i was like that's a good kid actor mm-hmm. i don't know why i think <laughs> that but i just do
1: pretty creepiest fuck. and richard e grant always plays a really oh, good
2: scumbag. So so he'll good. be good as evil loki he's I mean, almost I mean, like doing golden age old school I'm loki. like he's gonna do that sort of thing i'm super excited for it And then we're gonna
1: have we're gonna have African American like Thor Loki, which will be cool. I had I didn't know anything about until this moment.
0: What what are they? Obviously, with Kid Loki, there's got to be a Young Avengers play, right? We're seeing them come like from every single show and angle. This is all happening very fast. I assume to build.
2: I hope. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I think that's probably the path.
1: There better be. What? So what are we thinking? What are we thinking about um, the Sif cameo? <gasps> it, it,
2: speak on that
0: one. <laughs> I'm just asking a question. Yeah, no, I mean, I I have missed her for a while. And in fact, uh, my boyfriend and I were talking about just like how sad it was that like, but well, actually Crow, you were here watching it with us too. We were all talking about it. But I'm like, this character like was supposed to be around and then they're like no we'll just give dora a bunch of new other people and kill everyone else except for sim and she she gets like she gets one cameo in fucking agents of shield and that's all that
2: actress has been able to do like what the fuck she really is the cameo queen of the mcu because she like and she is not getting her due they've even teased like she might be in Thor ragnarok i'm gonna guess in the small role because that is the role she plays always a teeny tiny one
0: oh and love love and thunder you mean yeah exactly <laughs> she, oh, yeah, she was she was she probably oh, yeah. was she totally no, 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 was
2: doing much like the wandavision after credits thing they're redoing ragnarok <laughs> and adding siphon but just the shadow of her in the trees you know uh
1: I thought that she couldn't be in the Thor movies because she already had, she was required to be in that horrible blind spot TV show and the filming was overlapping. Oh, hey, that is the original. Which is reason. a good thing because all the pe- people that replaced her got murdered. Absolutely. So. <laughs> it was only good for her.
2: Yeah. You know it's, it's the, the best career move she could have done it's by not being able to do it, honestly.
1: Stupid show about tattoos.
2: If only Ed- Edris would have been the same thing. If he just was doing Tenant Number prequel or something, you know, <laughs> still around.
0: Um, what do you guys think? This like, why do you think Sylvie or her world was a Nexus event? Because they really haven't figured that out yet. They gave us a good flashback um, and then a flashbang when they blow up the world. But like, what is what is her whole story about? What do we think?
1: Well, Ravona keeps talking about how. Um, the Lokis are supposed to be, you know, they're supposed to be evil. They're supposed to be treacherous and tricky and bad people. What if she was, like, going to actually be a good human being? And they're like, no, no, you have to be garbage, so let's bring you here.
2: That's actually a good theory. Like, it's, it it diverts so much from what they're supposed to be that it makes no sense. No, I, I,
0: like, gonna, I like that. I, mean, I was kind
2: of glad to see Asgard, though. Were you guys? I just want to yeah, miss yeah. it a little bit. It was cute.
0: She, she got a hair color change, which I appreciate. She's like, you know what? While I'm skipping through all of these ending universes to create havoc, I'm going to dye my hair. Yeah. yeah
1: like when I'm, whenever I'm in a mood, I dye my hair red. So I get it, Sylvie.
0: <laughs> you, also, you also go to Pompeii back in time
2: just to dye your hair. <laughs>
1: I know. And then I watch all these Italians get murdered and
2: covered in lava. It's red because of all the lava from their dead yeah. oh their blood i forget i forget what your recipe is but it looks great when you do it thank you <laughs>
0: uh where do you think mobius is if loki's with all of
2: his loki's he's probably going to be in the same place that fucking loki shows up at
1: i just thought it was going to be a whole ton of Mobiuses, and then a whole ton of b-15s and all that kind of stuff Moby i want rose <laughs> from lovecraft country hanging out with b-15 <laughs> just getting a little lazy. yeah.
2: I'm into that.
1: And um, I want to see Mobius just hanging out with um every single one of his characters from like wedding crashers and shit. They, they, wedding they crashers. I
2: haven't seen that in ages. It's not, it doesn't hold up. Um, yeah. uh, with where do we think it's going? Because I this is one show, I mean, you can kind of predict with Falcon and Winter Soldier and then also uh WandaVision, you knew where it was going to end basically. One was going to go crazy. The other one was going to become Captain America. It's obvious. But like uh, this, I have no idea where they're going with this. I
0: I read a rumor that it may turn out that the TVA is actually in the quantum, like a quantum space. So that it's, I I, I mean, and Clark, (laughs) you should definitely speak on Ravona Because I know we talked about it before of how closely related they are to Kang. But like, they have to have a Kang reveal at the end of this, I would assume. Right?
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, don't see how else it could happen. I, they could just I, shove some I, random schmo in and be like, "Oh, that's a character they made up." But obviously, Kang is heavily involved in all this time travel shit, and we'll find out even more so later. Um, yeah, it, it feels like, like that's need, who
2: she's working for. At some, we don't
1: point. need a placeholder who's going to be very similar to an important character.
0: Well, that, do you think that they'll do, I think Clark, you might be onto something with what you said before, where maybe Ravona is the big bad for this Mm -hmm. season, and then there's a post-credits, just like fucking, uh, what's her name, the, oh, the power broker, but I was like, the arms dealer, (laughs) where (laughs) she's where like, they'll just be something, they'll be a lingering thread, they won't, I really hope they don't.
2: Put what if it,
0: what if they mocking a villain in and they just like move on? They just What if them. King
2: shows up at the very end and he takes off his mask and it's Sharon Carter, you yeah. know?
0: <laughs>
2: Connect them all. Well, there
0: was some other shitty rumor that I think one of the designs of the Timekeeper area looked like it said Val and people are like, yeah, sure. Julia louis Dreyfus's character is running the fucking TVA. <laughs> like <Yeah. what? laughs>
1: That seems uh, unnecessary and stupid, but.
0: Well, you'd be correct. Um, well, yeah. Any other major thoughts on Loki? Just well, I think we're all re-jazzed and ready for next week.
2: Mm-hmm. So right. I, how is that alligator going to participate? I'm so excited. So yeah. I hope it talks. I really hope it talks. Oh, it better fuck it what, talk, what, yeah. who,
1: who do you want? This is not the Clarks Scott something, but who do you want to voice um, the alligator? Danny DeVito.
0: I was going to say that. Vin I Vin originally Vin said Vin. Joe Pesci and then, but immediately was thinking the other person.
1: Awkwafina <laughs> that
2: has the same voice as Danny DeVito. <laughs>
1: my, my, usual, my usual voice actor I want is um, Amy Sedaris playing an alligator version of Loki, just goofy sass talking um, everyone. Oh, Vin come Diesel, on, like, Loki! that's <laughs> exactly how you sound close enough well Clark, i want you, to, you have I want something. To be, uh, i want it to be your michael cain voice
0: speaking
2: yeah <laughs> it's loki alligator <laughs> loki <key. laughs> that will make me not watch the rest of the episodes <laughs> right there
1: no well, mike clark's got something is what we're doing right now I am, oh. would make some sort of talk about it. But anyways, um, I was thinking about what our alternate versions of us would be. Wow. Like, what, what do you want an alternate version of you to be? And then give an example of what you think someone else's alternative should be. Oh, okay.
0: Just, just amongst the five of us or anybody?
1: I mean, five of us, three of us, whoever. Okay. I, I definitely know that there is a version of me who's like, not like Rocket Raccoon, but like an actual anthropomorphic raccoon. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't have a gun. He doesn't have anything. He just kind of wanders around and steals shit, and is grumpy, and sometimes attacks people. I love I'm that just raccoons, you
0: know. Clark. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I
1: just, I don't want, I, I don't want him to speak either. So you're I just,
0: <laughs> just saying you want your alternate version just an animal?
2: Yeah. I species. Species.
1: Yep. I want just a raccoon that wanders in, and then. I'm impressed by him
2: um mine is a little bit similar because mine is uh maybe like a more modest like um uh reserved very uh type a type of person um but uh still loud so they cut out its tongue (laughs) uh so (laughs) but yeah and that might happen to here that might happen the main timeline right here so who knows Um... what do you think adam yeah, my, mine would be, this is actually
0: very specific because it's like an ongoing problem I have. I can't even be like mean in video games. You know how usually there's like light and dark mm-hmm. theaters and like, especially if you play like Star Wars or any of hey. Bioware's games. I cannot for the life of me ever do an evil run. So like, I can't be Sith. I can't be, th- like, I always just feel so bad even for NPCs of a fucking video game that you obviously can just do whatever you want. So uh, I don't even think I ever killed my Sims when I played Sims. I just had the oh. little Yeah, I was always positive. <laughs> um, I have
1: murdered hundreds so- of Sims in the last year alone. <laughs> I have a graveyard of Sims, and I'm not joking. There are 115 <laughs> dead Sims right now.
0: After you made them all have incestual relationships, if but I that remember wasn't,
1: correctly. That was accidental sec- incestual <laughs> relationships. Accidental. accidental. Um, so accidental. yeah, my
0: version is just kind of me, probably a little bit like, little bit more in shape and all that all the typical jazz but like just it doesn't give a fuck and is willing to like be evil especially when it actually doesn't count
2: (laughs) it it feels like it's exactly you but like with a leather jacket on like just like yeah yeah. the bad one maybe an eye patch who knows you know
0: oh and i and i actually can grow a beard because that will really add to the rough mystique nature of me
1: I, I, I want one that's like the opposite, opposite of me in that they're really nice to um, people they know but hate strangers. So they're like clothesline strangers and then to their friends, they're like talking about how good their cooking is and talk about their feelings and how much they care about them and like that they're best people. No, <laughs> the opposite. I clothesline friends and
2: compliment with strangers. Well, why don't we do one, of, one for Brent and one for Caitlin? Yeah. All right. To Kalen. I, you know what I picture for Kalen? Like this weird uh, anthropomorphic uh, like doll made of denim that's just walking around being like, ar, ar. So it's similar personality, but it's just a doll, you know? Uh, I think, With you know, I... With eyes and stuff. Wouldn't that be cute?
0: I like it because it would really like, I picture that character in a movie. Because, you know, this like person who's like very serious, very thoughtful but looks like a fucking denim, like,
2: stuffed uh, person, animal, whatever. And he keeps ripping at his seams, and he's like, oh, and he keeps having to sew it up and stuff.
1: (laughs) Wouldn't that be cute? (laughs) I feel like that's just him.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: I think my version would be one that's, like, really chill, and he just wears sweatpants a lot, because that's literally not what Kalen is in anyway. And I'm assuming that either fuck each other or kill each other.
0: (laughs) Yeah. You're well, both, but one before the other. We still don't know which. I think
1: Uh, they could do it to get like like kill and fuck at the same time.
0: He would, yeah, no. You're, I mean, you're basically describing what we always talk about as Bay Kalen, which is anytime Kalen goes on a vacation, suddenly his brain releases every single endorphin that I think has been built up over the last vacation. So, yes, I would agree. I would love, I would love make Kalen to completely possess
2: <laughs> the record of Kalen. So. Yeah. I need him to touch his uh, little fingers and his eyes turn green to be like
1: waiting for what you wanted him to touch. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's do Brent. What, what do you think Brent would be?
0: Brent is, I want my Brent to be like the ultimate life of the party. That like bitch kicks the door down, is like, Just like the sassiest, like gay version of Brent you've ever met, who's like, just like really can cut it up with anybody, and it's just like, "What's up, bitch?" And you're like, "Wow, that guy's got a lot of charisma." Yeah, he makes good
2: first impressions. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Let's (laughs) hope they don't listen to any of this podcast. (laughs) Nope, they never will.
1: No. Okay, what should we do? Are we done with that now? Let's do the trailer park, everyone. Yeah, right. let's do it. Woo-hoo. Over There's the trailer
0: part.
1: Thousands yeah. version of Shang-Chi and the Legends of the Ten Rings just came out this week. Yeah. What did everyone think about this version that we've never seen before, but seen half of it?
2: This is such a better showing of what the film could potentially be than the first one. The first one had me a little bit nervous, but it did make me want to watch a Fast and the Furious film. It's, uh, I don't think. The first one did it a lot of justice, and so I think they're pivoting pretty fast because they're realizing, I don't think it was well-received that much. It's a very specific market they did with the first one. This one seems a lot more fun. Um, They really leaned into the MCU sort of Easter eggs that we needed, we kind of wanted. I mean, I, I, I think to put Wong and the Abomination at the tail end of the trailer shows that they want you to get excited about this a little bit more than we were. So I, I think they could have easily kept that with, not in the trailer, but they need people to be a little bit more intrigued. They need mm-hmm. them to know this is actually connected to the MCU and you're going to have fun.
0: Yeah, this, this really took me to the next level uh, beyond just like, oh, it's, you know, the typical Marvel hero's Journey starting point. It'll probably still be that because obviously it's Shang-Chi's first movie. But like if you, to your point, Ryan, if like you can like pepper in fun stuff that like gives me fan service, but gives me in a way that I really enjoy, like that kind of like abomination Wong scene. I can't wait for it to be literally like five seconds of the movie. Yeah. I can't wait to hopefully be surprised that it's actually like 15 and Wong actually has speaking yeah. lines and he guides Shang-Chi and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I, you know, the original one we talked about was always like very fast, very furious. And I'm glad they kind of slowed it down and made it interesting. <laughs> and it's really the first, um, it's the first one, like the first Marvel movie where it's like, they're finally taking these daddy problems that have been permeating throughout the entire MCU and at least creating a villain of it being the dad. So it's like not a yeah. lingering dead parent that you have to like worry and think about like fucking Tony Stark. You can at least just go and even uh, even in like you know Thor and Loki. There's always all this like you're supposed to be the hero and blah 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 blah. It's kind of good to have a little bit hero villain. It's it's really it's a little bit tropish, but it seems fun and fucking Michelle Yao's in it. I goddamn love her. Love
2: her. I can't wait. Do you wait think to hear she's her.
1: gonna be dead? Do we think she's gonna be a dead mom like all Disney dead moms?
2: Hell yeah, she Probably. will be. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know.
1: Like- His dad looks badass and doesn't look like some sort of horror st- horror stereotype horrible stereotype yeah. like in the actual comics he does look like a four i mean he <laughs> does i mean those arms yes please um I, i'm okay. very happy with a, i hope is a water dragon that actually is fing fang foom but we'll see Ooh. No, a lot of
2: people online are saying it's not fing fang foom i
1: know but but it doesn't it matter it's still a fucking dragon in the water so it's gotta be something
0: yeah why do you guys think that the rings turned into basically fisting practice? Like, what was the change of, because in the comics, they are now bands too, right? Because
2: they, um, they listened to my letters that I sent in.
0: <laughs> we need more <laughs> representation in the MCU. Where are my fisting rings? And they're
2: like, Shane, Cheese on the way. I mean, And I was like, I mean, fisting. Yeah, <laughs> sure enough. Um, I do like the visual of it, though. It's kind of interesting. I like the sort of whoop, whoop, like, like, you know, one of those, like, you know, those lightsabers that you could be, like, (laughs) and just throw it out and then it completely goes out. It sort of, like, has that vibe where it's,
1: (laughs) The slap bracelets, glowing slap
2: bracelets. Oh, yeah, that's it. Like, it's got that Oh, yes. I love it. it, Visually, it looks cool, though. I'm into it. And I think they realized that uh, Shang-Chi, just doing kung fu unfortunately, that's probably not going to be on the level that <laughs> the rest of the MCU is at right now, so they they were figuring out a way how to power him up yeah in the way to like keep up with Captain Marvel and like the Thors of the world, which is it's, it's a smart way to do it.
0: There was a lot of avatar esque stuff going on in the preview, which I'm excited
2: oh, about for sure. yeah
1: I feel like something that helped out and I love Aquafina, but there was too much aquafina in the previous um trailers to the point where it's like is this all just gonna be dumb humor
0: yeah it was very ant man it was like a very ant man trailer that i'd already been there Mm -hmm. they were literally on a bus and i feel like there's a fucking bus scene in ant man 2 of them stopping it or moving it or whatever and so it's like yeah i had a lot of bad deja vu so i'm glad they pivoted and it you know, and I love a good, like, sexy nightclub. And there's a lot of nightclub scenes going on. I'm like, this is going to be cool. And there's going to be so many fun fights here. So, I'm gonna so much <laughs>
2: scaffolding will be used, too. That oh, looks hey, fun. Everyone um,
0: loves fucking scaffolding
2: in a martial arts film. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we get lots of dancing a
1: la Baron Zemo.
2: Yes. Yeah. I hope he makes a dance appearance.
0: He just and is then not the saying just
1: in, he's in the background of every other Marvel movie. Him
0: and what? Alligator
2: Loki just dancing. And
0: no one talks about it's it. It's him, Alligator Loki, Loki, and Sif. They're just like tying it all together. Yeah. Like, <laughs> all your favorites in one place.
1: And she's just fucking kicking people in the balls the entire time. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's uh-oh, a uh-oh. News
0: flash. Uh, all right. We've got lots of basically just comic news. And by lots, I mean three. So the first one is that. <laughs> Commemorating the 30th anniversary of X-Force number one, Rob Layfield is returning to the X-Force saga this November with a new chapter in X-Force Killshot. Now that you've got the vomit back in your mouth and check to see that your feet are still there and not a patch is in sight, this special one-shot will feature an explosive adventure starring Cable and his mighty militant squad going back to 90s. Good, good old, good old. Cable's going to reassemble five separate X-Force squadrons from various point in time to converge on Asteroid S. Give me a fucking break. For an all-out assault to defeat Stripe once and for all, who the fuck cares? I already know the answer, but I'll ask it anyway. How excited are you for this?
1: Uh, is this like a one to ten thing or just a shotgun to my face thing? It's, so it's, it's a zero to answer. zero
0: thing, I think, for all of us.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, no, I'd rather um, fall on a bat of acid.
2: And if you have to count the amount of them on your fingers and toes, that's okay to do <laughs> <laughs> but I don't need to use them, uh, much I was just gonna, like he refuses to use them.
1: I was just going to get a butcher knife and just chop off all my fingers and toes and say that's oh, how many. God.
2: That will probably be better than this comic. And that will um, happen in the comic. I think this is he is a time that has gone and passed both his ideals, his art style, his storytelling. All of this were beyond this now. And I'm sure there's some fanboys out there that will still want to watch or, like, read this. It's a one-shot, so it's not that imposing. But it's we, we just don't need this anymore. Yeah. Well, we, we've why? moved on as a society from this type of whatever this is. This boxy-faced ugly.
1: <laughs> why does Marvel want him back? He badmouths them all the time, constantly That's never- my thing. A why? Like, just- Why?
0: He makes money. I like that's really all it is, is there's a small fan base that they can hold on to because that gross toxic fan base hates the newer stuff because it's more inclusive, more thoughtful, yeah. and more evolutionary. I mean, the fact that they're just calling it back to the 90s heyday of the X-Men franchise, I feel like we talk about it all the time that the nineties were good in our minds because of the animated series, but the comics themselves were not until like. Late '90s, early 2000s, if that.
1: I just don't get it.
0: Yeah, me either I don't know. And like it's not for us. My employees.
1: <laughs> when my my employees are bad mouthing me, I don't rehire them. I just put the dick back in my their mouth. <laughs>
2: you're like, you're not your
0: going to pay own you, and I'll keep sucking your dick in their mouth. <laughs> You're a really bad manager, Clark.
2: And they're like, no, 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 like, no. What Clark didn't tell you is he's self-employed. So he had to put the dick back in his own
1: mouth. <laughs> no, like, you know, when I badmouth myself, you know, you just have to, like <laughs> blow yourself and get it Shut over. Shut up,
2: homo.
0: <laughs> uh, Marvel <laughs> has released a new series of teasers to go along with a trio of previous release teasers for writer Tom Taylor's Marvel limited series, Dark Ages. The first three images last week were Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and Iron Man. And this week we got Apocalypse, The Vision, and now a new threat, The Unmaker. There's a new tagline following the last one from last week is, who did you become when the lights went out? Uh, So, you know, a lot of this to me sounds a lot like DC's metal and heavy metal. So I'm not sure how much I love it, but I do love Tom Taylor. What do you guys think?
1: I feel like a a drag queen's um, question would be, who were you when the lights went out? (laughs)
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, that You ever seen them perform that song? Great! I was going to say, there that's the name of
0: Vicky and Kiana's new single. <laughs> <laughs> off of um, our album, Dark Ages, which is it's actually tied and launching with uh, this Tom Taylor
2: series. I want uh, your
1: second single to be a strange new threat.
2: <laughs> and it's just remixed with Beyonce going, turn the lights off. <laughs> it's just a lot of that. Um, uh, I'm intrigued by this series. It'll be fun. I'm excited for you, Adam, personally.
0: Yeah, you can't, like, it's funny because I read this and I kind of rolled my eyes because I'm like, it's like a bunch of the other series we've already read, inclusive of even Injustice. But I can't tell you how excited I am that Tom Taylor is writing a alternate universe plotline where anything could happen, that it starts with the death of Tony Stark, most likely. I'm just like, yes, I fucking want this. I feel like
1: heartbreaking loss in a mini series that has nothing to do with anything. I'm not going to care about heartbreaking loss. Well, you're <laughs> such a continuity
0: queen, Clark. Like, you can't deal with alternate universes if they don't have ramifications in the thing you've been reading for 30 well, years.
1: If I emotionally connect with them, yes, but no. If not, I don't care about your heartbreaking loss for your dead dog that, like, exists on a different timeline but didn't matter <laughs> to you.
0: I think it depends on how many issues it goes, because that was the problem with Tom's other stuff, you know, me and him, me and him on the first name basis, uh, uh, with uh, the DC, deceased. Because that was actually really good, I think, when it was all collected, just like Injustice was. But there's just not enough issues to build out the world like Injustice had. So I really hope they can give it more than like six issues. Otherwise, I think I would even feel it's just going to be, you know, retreading garbage. All right, uh, Marvel's new Phoenix Echo will be starring in our first solo series this fall. Award-winning prose novelist Rebecca Rowenhorst and artist Luca Maresca are working on Phoenix and uh, song Phoenix song, song Echo a five-issue series to debut this October. Echo was chosen, which we probably don't remember, but I'm sure, Clark, you read about, as the new host of the Phoenix Force in a recent Avengers storyline, Enter the Phoenix, that came from Jason Aaron and Javier Garon. Uh She'll also be in the MCU as part of Hawkeye, which obviously has nothing to do with this, but I know she's kind of they're building up her brand a lot. What do you guys think of this series? I think you're both big fans of Echo, right?
2: I enjoyed her back in the new Avengers day. Um, um, and I read her in Daredevil before that But I uh, It's a weird choice but I'm, I'm intrigued by it um, I like seeing this sort of like Street level person Get the powers of the Phoenix And trying to like cope with that And I love that it's just so Not X-Men related at all They're just telling a completely different type of story Which is what the Phoenix needed For so many years because it just kept going Back to the same tropes over and over And over again I'm like Gene is it going to be gonna be someone that looks like gee, is it hope is it gene is it is it another red hat like you're like is it emma with red hair you're like who gives a fuck so i'm glad that they're going this path with it what the phoenix
1: needed for the last 30 years were, for, was for it to never exist again i am not yeah. slightly interested in this <laughs> echo's a fine enough character but i don't care about anything that's gonna be happening here jason aaron's run was bad and continues to be bad that yeah. entire line was like 30 different people wanting to be you know the phoenix she didn't really care that much so you know that's cool that she got it i'm happy that that's interesting and i'm excited for her television show and all that but this comic version and all the comics dealing with this nonsense are just i'm over it i'm happy that it'll be an indigenous voice writing the whole thing and i'm glad that it's phoenix song which goes along with war song and in song other yeah, phoenix miniseries in the last 20 years but that's all i gotta say hmm
0: yeah, I'd like to give it a run just to support, obviously, like you said, Clark, uh, more diverse voices and in the industry. Um, but I, I hate what they've done with the Phoenix. <laughs> it really should have stayed in the 80s and 90s and called it a day. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Well, let's move on to the issues. Uh, we have two or three this week. Uh, the two I am going to be recapping because Clark has really got something for the United States of Uh, Captain America. We're talking about the X issues, so X-Factor and Cable. So X-Factor number 10, which was written by Leah Williams and then artists art by David Baldeon, David Messina, and Lucas Wernock. We have a series finale and a final Hellfire Gala issue. The gang attends the gala. Aurora and Dokken bond over the murder of bigots and also strangely sexual killing. Uh, Prodigy solves the mystery of his own death while getting closer to iBoy. Shatterstar returns from killing Morgan without much to show for it. And Northstar has a send off Polaris from the team. All seems right with the world until a surprise visit by Tommy leads to a shocking discovery. Wanda Maximoff is dead. Um, I feel like I already know what we think, but I would love to hear what you both thought of
2: this week's final issue.
0: Maybe Clark, you go after, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, let me talk. I'll be slightly nicer. Um- What is this? What is going on? What is happening? Why is it happening? Who did I hurt for this to be happening to me? The the story, I know we're trying to tie a lot of loose ends together because this is the end for this series. But it, it just shows how plotting in this book was never great. And it really, I love these characters, and it really just bothers me so much. We got the answers that we didn't care that we wanted to know. Um, I I'm just so angry at this. Like I you know what? I'm not angry. I'm I'm disappointed. There like it's just, it just it just disappointed me. I don't really have any specific points except that this was a mess. This was a mess of a series. And I I know people like it and I I was into the writing ideas that were behind it, but no. No, it's a no for me.
1: <laughs> See, the one good thing that's coming out of this issue is that it's disappointing people, because I've hated this series yeah. from the first <laughs> second with the fucking jump, and for it to end on this note that's making all these people hate it, I'm just so fucking happy. I was ahead of the curve. Everyone could be like, "This isn't as good as all the other ones." Oh, it's you're okay. a trailblazer. Yeah, well, I feel good about myself. But no, just the same. Um, the only thing I'd been liking and what Kayla and I've been talking about this fact was that was the storyline that was going on with Prodigy. And now it turns out it's just some right, white wo- right woman, white, ro- white woman, God damn it, that's the word, white woman, just, you know, writing a story about black teenage gay teenagers getting murdered. And I'm like, this not your story to tell, number one. Number two, it's not told well. And obviously, since it was cancelled, it was told too fast.
0: Yeah. It's just yeah. being
1: silly. And, he, and like are like, oh, he was um, the serial killer. Blah blah blah. Okay, unimportant. And this is based on like real silly serial killer stories. So like I wish not I do I, no, I don't. I was gonna say I wish she had time to write more of this, but I do not wish she had time to write more of this <laughs> at at any moment. of it. I just wish it never existed. I'm so happy that Polaris got voted in and got out of this series with, like, any dignity intact. Uh,
0: What I don't understand is, again, I I think there's already enough on, you know, ex-Twitter about this whole discussion and just in general forums and stuff. What I really can't wrap my mind about besides the sort of, like, trauma porn-esque Prodigy storyline Is why they would write in that Doc and Aurora strangely got off from this fucking like assault (laughs) on this obvious, disgusting person.
2: That was wild. That was wild. Why were they so horned up from that? (laughs) What is that?
0: It it, I but and I think Ryan. And now
2: that's canon. And now that's canon. Thank you. <laughs> and now that's canon. It, now they're going to have to figure out how that his pheromone powers made that work somehow. This is stupid. I
0: I'm am mad. really glad for most of the runs, LGBTQIA plus representation. I think in general, from a content perspective, and just like you said, plotting, thoughtfulness, all this jazz. This might be up there for me for Chuck Austin's run, at least what I read of it, where I'm just like, Damn. what is even happening? Like, why are these characters talking the way they are? Why are they interacting the way they are? The one silver lining is that iBoy has fucking like Naruto cosmic powers oh, yeah. now with, because of eyesight. So I'm very I into dug that. that.
2: Yeah, that was kind of fun. Uh, I like thought- that we acknowledged that people knew each other at some point. The interactions and the dialogue was wrong. But it was nice to know that these X-Men characters knew other X-Men characters at some point.
1: Right. I I thought the iBoy stuff was silly, and now he's like a creepy voyeur. Um, I do want to say that whenever my minority friends are murdered and then come back from the dead, I always love to berate their murderer and then just come everywhere. So I understand exactly (laughs) what Aurora and, and Dokken are going through.
2: Yeah, that's, I kind mean, of, that's kind of what happened in Fifth Element, though. Remember that? Like, she he she couldn't oh, yeah, activate her powers until she was turned on. So maybe it's sort of that s- Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: I, I was thinking of. I was thinking of. Um, uh, what's that? Terrible. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, so <laughs> what 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 are you de- what are you thinking about, Wanda?
2: What's going on with her dead body? Did I? You know what I wonder about this issue? Did they were the were they like? Hey, your series is getting canceled. <laughs> for a lot of reasons, um, and uh, so do you just want to do the Wanda reveal in your book because this will be the last issue, so people will have to read it. No. <laughs> I wonder. I, I, I wonder if like you no, know, she
0: isn't. Le- Le- Leah's writing the trial of Magneto, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh God. So that's the Le- well. So this is what I was going to say too is that this a lot of X Factor one through ten reminds me of Excalibur ahead of Ten of Swords. So mm-hmm. the only thing I can do is remain very, po- just like with Teenie and seeing a lot of the stuff that she was able to do during the course of Ten of Swords, I really have my fingers crossed that when given not this hodgepodge of characters that don't really make sense together in the first place, she'll be able to really like kick up her chops and write a really great story. Because um, I, I think, is that, I mean, again, it was canceled earlier than expected. But uh, like I'm just I'm going to remain faithful because I like Mr and Mrs X in some capacity, but I just mm-hmm. like I just I want a little bit more. And I think a concentrated element could work because I did. There were parts of it in particular, I like Speed and Prodigy's relationship because I had never knew they were dating. Yeah. I like that in X Factor. That was really cute. And so if she's able to play with the right characters like Teeny, is does so well with Saturnine and other people. Um, I'm really holding out hope that it could be a, a really cool, uh, cool issue.
1: Yeah, yeah. The the mommy was was pretty sad, even though he never dealt with her in his entire life.
0: Well, somebody uh, pointed out that that was actually, I think it might have been a reference to Buffy when Buffy discovers her mom dead. Okay, uh, uh, not. And I it's don't not even Josh I'm I mean, writing that, it. Doesn't I
2: mean, make that me it's me
1: but... angry.
2: Didn't she write Magneto in this? And she be, and he was just yelling at Polaris to be like, "Hey, stop it!" Okay. <laughs> this is <laughs> great. So we're gonna get more of that. What a great preview for oh, <laughs> trial Magneto. Great,
1: Adam. Adam, what else is happening?
0: Uh, there's also Cable number eleven, which is actually the first I think of the most recent issues of Everyone's Thing that isn't Hellfire Gala related. Mm. Uh, it's depression. It's uh, written by Jerry Dugan, artistry by Phil Noto. And this revolves around the wrapping up of the Cable storyline. So the five resurrect, or the original old man Cable who takes young Cable on a quick body slide to get armed and ready to take down Stripe. Old man Cable teams up with Magic to travel to a limbo-adjacent location, while young Cable teams up with Mom, Dad, Domino, and Deadpool, all while winning back Esme from the clutches of being a bad boyfriend. Ah, heck! Hope and Rachel even join the cavalry. All this sets up another time, another place climax where Old Man Cable ambushes, am- ambushes, strikes right. plan to incite mm. a demonic invasion. Um, what do you guys think?
2: Um, I, I like this series. I liked it. I was kind of, I'm kind of sad to see it go. I'm even kind of sadder to see Old Man Logan or uh, <laughs> Old Man Cable come back. <laughs> um, Cause I, I like this younger version personally. Uh, I think I I'll miss him. I'll feel I'll miss Phil Noto's art too a lot.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm. I think I really like I love the characterization of this this entire run. I I just think I don't really care about the strife plot because I don't care about strife.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't know. I, I mean I loved every single interaction he had with every single character. I just don't give a shit about strife
0: at all. So, since they re-kind of brought back Strife in <laughs> during, what is it, the, those, like, X-Force mini-runs right before Krakoa, like, rebooted everything, or and Fox did. Yeah. To your point, Clark, I used to, as a 90s kid, I fucking loved Strife because he looked cool as hell and he was extreme. But, to your point, they his character means nothing. None of this means anything to me. It's like they're kind of just vestiging in this person who has very little dialogue besides just being this like archetypical villain. And I, I don't like it either. I'm, I, I love so much of young Cable, but the fact that they brought back old man Cable, the fact that they put back Strife in, I'm like, you're just going back to the same shit. Uh, and you know, Cable never has good villains. I think of that fucking piece of shit we read during Resurrection, where was that, whatever it was, Cavalry, not Cavalry, like, Fela- whatever was this stupid shithole that was like time traveling too, that never will never come back again um i didn't like it Uh, but i do like this plot i like everything about the comic except for the fact that stripes the big bat. agreed uh any so cable has one more issue any big surprises you think might happen
2: um i want young cable to stay around i think that's the only
1: surprise would be if he actually doesn't die Yeah. yeah
0: What a weird, that would just be such an annoying loop to me because it, it's made Gina and Scott more interesting as parents. It's made, like, there's just a lot more flair to what's going on with young Cable. Old Cable means nothing. Except for I did like, uh, and I didn't even read that much of when she was first introduced, but Cable and Hope, I do actually yeah. like their kind of father-daughter yeah. relationship. It's cute. The
1: only time I like Hope is when that's what they're dealing with, the two of them. Right,
0: right. Well, because normally all they do is use her as a power amplifier. Like she's literally a plot device in most comics these days. Yeah,
2: put her over here. Put her over. She's a battery. Yeah, exactly. Just one of the people that I like.
0: All right. Well, Clark, I think you have an extra special recap of the United States of Captain America.
1: So we keep talking about this mini series whenever they introduce, like, a they're going to introduce in the solicitations a new character that's going to be one of the Captain Americas. Mm-hmm. and we made fun of most of them so this one is the gay one this is United States of Captain America number one by Josh Trujillo and Jan Bazaldua who we talked about um is a was the uh, trans artist who right. um, um was one of our people we talked about on Instagram that we fucking love but and the art is great in this but I will talk about the writing for a minute mm-hmm. um so Steve Rogers talks himself for what seems like hours until someone in a Captain America costume steals his shield Falcon and he find the perpetrator as he attacks some random train, and then Steve tackles a twink in a costume that can be described as a 1920s vagrant teen Captain America dressing as my buddy if he were actually a cum slut. He introduces himself as Aaron Fisher and with little to no prompting, talks about riding the rails, his homophobic, abusive father, his boyfriend leaving him to be in Missouri, and the cool people on the rails. He immediately gets shot at, but Steve saves him, and after seeing him for all of four pages, it's see a faggot, and then off we go to, d- to dabble in more feeble attempts at representation. So my question is, was this a big fucking waste of time or what?
2: It, it was more of a waste of time than seeing that Spider-Man meme that goes around where it's just like they're pointing at other Spider-Man. Um, that's exactly what this series is. Yeah, yeah. And also, he railed off about how he was gay way before anyone even said, what's your name? He was like, well, my boyfriend just broke up with me. And we know this type of guy. And it's tough. It's tough to see it in print, but it is representation. You know what I mean? But damn, I'll be damned if he does, his voice is not, the most annoying thing ever. And <laughs> also, in my mind, he has a voice like Gambit. Where he's, I've been riding the rail for
0: <laughs> I, I really, really pray and hope to that point, Ryan, that they okay. do not take every other diverse Captain America and give them a panel within a page to give their entire life story okay. 'Cause nice. I I I was a little bit soft around this series than I think both of you were. I didn't I, I'm excited to kind of see a little bit more. It was kind of cute and I think it'll be a fun full package deal of just like a nice like representation of the United States. But I was like, My God, is this the heaviest handed fucking thing I've ever read in my entire life?
1: We paid money for all of four pages. We didn't give a shit about the rest of the pages, and these pages were bad. So I'm not gonna waste money on any more pages. Or we shouldn't yeah. at
0: the beginning. It was um, I wanna read more about it. But yeah, the only thing no, it was, I liked
1: uh, about it was so he goes off and his crate like Captain America just says, like, what's going on here? And then he screams off this complete nonsense. And then Captain America's like, No, what are you doing? Like <laughs> <laughs> no, no. no I
2: don't no, care about any of the bullshit you just you know. I your mouth, didn't want really? to know your status. I wanted to know why you're doing this.
0: Well, <laughs> and that's what I what I worry about. The format is that because it was, you know, like it was like a front, it was like a 20-issue like Captain America storyline with like a 15 issue flashback or like introduction of this character that will probably never come back again. And so it's really oh, aggravating that I'm like, wait, you're introducing all these characters, but you're putting their storylines in the back of the book to have nothing to do with Captain America's main storyline besides just like shoving themselves in to describe who they are and why they're important to, the, to America. Yeah. And it's like, no baby, this is gonna be rough if it just keeps going this
2: way. It's all design of the character and no execution whatsoever.
0: Oh, no. What was more depressing is that like Captain America's opening monologue for 20 plus pages was actually probably a better, like, introspective look at like changing American opinions about topics than introducing like rogue characters that are made up of a matrix of different things that represent what are somewhat stereotypes of these potential people. Like, and, and there's really good ways to do it, but they're not going to give these characters enough time and energy to be able to do it well. So I'm like, his whole dialogue, mon- internal monologue, I was like, I love, but other than that, yeah. I was like, oof. Just the art, the art was really cool though too i like that yeah the
2: art was good my
1: final question as this wednesday was the last wednesday of pride month um including x factor um was this just like a banner week for marvel's homosexuals just like getting slaughtered and then this horrible four <laughs> pages of nonsense we ended with good
0: note we um, had voices last week that's all i'll say <laughs>
1: So they were like, "We we gave something really nice the week before. Let's just give them
2: shit." We just murdered them now. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. It was. A, now that's a weird why we're
0: wrathful. To... They they're actually just getting you excited to go into Wrath Month. That was the whole plan. <laughs> 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 we want you pissed. Uh, well, yeah, I think that has been it for us. Uh, we have been Homo Superior as always. Rate and review us if you like us. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We just got, like we said, a new YouTube channel. Please go watch our, uh, let me see if I can remember this, Homo Superior Hellfire Extravaganza Eleganza. Clark is wearing a fucking red cow head that cannot be missed. So head over to Homo Superior uh, podcast YouTube. We'll be posting our links about it obviously in the description for this. Uh, We have tons of fun stuff like Vicky and Kiana as well as Bar Sinister. So just give us those follows. We need your support because we're going crazy. We've been Homo Superior and happy Wrath Month. Goodbye. Bye.